You're listening to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast with your host, Melody Spencer, a show where female entrepreneurs get radically honest about life and business. Today's episode is sponsored by Swiftly Social Digital Marketing. Swiftly Social helps people create a heart-centered digital marketing and Facebook ads strategy that gets you results. For a free video tutorial on how to grow your Facebook following by 10,000 or more, visit swiftlysocial.com. Hey guys, it's Melody here with the Biz Babes with Soul podcast, and I'm so excited to have my friend Marissa Stone here today. So Marissa and I met um, a few months ago when I did her virtual summit, and I was one of her guest speakers, and she's just an incredible light in the digital marketing or digital entrepreneur world, and she is a digital business solution strategist. So welcome, Marissa. It is so great to be here, Melody. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, I'm super excited for everybody to meet you and hear about what you do. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So I actually um, really have been in the world of academia and uh, knowledge acquisition (laughs) for for many, many years. And I've worked um, at different universities across the U.S. for probably 15 years of my academic career and realized, and I would build out web presences for them. So anything from building a website to building out a full on, um, you know, educational online course to building out, you know, spaces inside virtual worlds, like whatever they wanted me to do is what I did. And obviously I worked for some pretty, you know, high name, you know, you know, big name universities. I'll, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't disclose who those were because of the, the agreements that I signed with them, but it was a really interesting process and allowed me to dive into the various technologies that we have available and grow with those. Well, then I, um, I kind of realized that there were so many more technologies that we weren't using. And unfortunately, because of the red tape associated with anything you do inside academia, my hands were tied every time I wanted to try something new. Mm, yeah. So I started branching out a little bit and working with um, small businesses and entrepreneurs. And, and of course they were like, yeah, let's try this, you know, Yeah, <laughs> which totally worked for me. <laughs> so, so I branched out on my own in 2015 and started working with high integrity female entrepreneurs who really just, they, they understood that technology was the key. They understood that utilizing technology was an extremely important part of building their businesses and they simply needed some guidance and somebody to help support them along the way. Enter Marisa. Nice. (laughs) So I developed um, the systems lounge and started working with women, showing them how to use different systems, how to really set things up on autopilot because what happens is, is we get so busy you know, down in the weeds inside our business that we forget it's really our job to be the CEO of our company Mm. and, and work, you know, on that higher level of being that CEO instead of working down in those weeds. And so if we can utilize the technology 
in order to automate a lot of those processes that we are going to be doing every single day anyway. Mm, yeah. It makes our lives so much easier. So things like your onboarding process, your calendar, you know, managing your email, like all of those types of things can be automated so that they are so much easier for you to be able to manage you know, in a, in a much, you know, lesser amount of time. So you're not spending all day in the weeds every day. So those are kinds of some of the things that I do and, and love, love, love what I do. Um, working with some of these women has been amazing. Yeah, that's so important because, you know, I think that's, that's the theme of the day is you're my third, I think, interview today. And <laughs> everybody has said that you need to hire people to help you do the things you shouldn't be doing because you're the CEO. Yes. Every single interview. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that a hundred percent, but it's convincing people to spend that money and to put that effort in to do that is the hard part for me. at least. And that's hard to do as a business owner, especially a new business owner. It's really, really difficult to justify, Oh, you know, I can spend the money over here or I can save money and do it myself. Mm -hmm. And here's, and here's the thing, right? This is a mindset switch that you have to make because in order to be able to stay in your zone of genius and deliver what your audience requires in order for them to move forward, you have to take some of the pressure off yourself. You may very well be Wonder Woman, but even Wonder Woman can't do it all. <laughs> so, yeah. so by taking a moment and really honing in and investing in yourself, even if you don't want to spend dollar per dollar, for instance, barter with somebody, get something else done in exchange for something that you need done inside your company. Like seriously, figure out like this year alone, I kind of developed this new motto that it's no longer going to be, oh, I can't afford that. Instead, it's going to be this idea of how can I afford that, right? Yeah. And you have to make that mind switch in order to be the CEO of your company. You have got to start investing in you. And it is difficult and it is scary. And it is one of those things that, you know, oh my gosh, if I'm spending money here, then I won't have it there to spend. But in the end, you will. Yeah. And that's the thing you have to trust. I always make it back every single time. Yes. Every single but, time. But it is, it is, it's a mind switch. It's a, you've got to do that inner work to kind of believe that you're worth it and that it is going to come back to you because I've been there when you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have the money for this. There's no way. I'll just stress myself out trying to do all the things. Right. But I totally agree with um, the whole bartering and trading services. I've totally done that for some stuff mm -hmm. and it's been amazing yep. because both of you get referrals you both of you get testimonials, you get things done and you support each other. Right. So it's a win-win in the long run. It is a win-win. And I, you know, and I think it's really, really important to understand that, you know, as you move forward as a business owner, as you're, as you are um, growing and evolving as a business owner, it's extremely important that you continue to invest in yourself in whatever way that looks like. And one of the things that you know, that I, I'm a behaviorist at heart. So it's really funny. My background is in developmental neuropsych. And so this behaviorist always comes out in me. And one of the things that I notice is, you know, if you are surrounding yourself with people who are not um, interested in investing in themselves, that in turn is going to impact your business in a negative way, right? Mm, yeah. 
we attract what we, you know, who we are. And so you want to make sure that as you're moving forward, you're not surrounding yourself with what we call freeple people, right? They want everything for free and that's all they want. You really want to step it up and you want to start surrounding yourself with those freeple people, those premium people who are willing and able and interested in investing in themselves. Because here's the thing, if you're not willing to invest in yourself and you're not willing to pay another entrepreneur for services that you need rendered, why in the world would somebody else hire you? Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Right? And that's what I try to tell potential clients all the time. But I'm also of the mind, I don't want to work with somebody if I have to talk them into it. That is true. That is true. And there is, there is something to be said for making sure that you're delivering your message in such a way that it is an irresistible offer, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I work with a lot of clients and they start out going, but my, you know, my audience needs this. Well, it's one thing to, to ascribe the needs to somebody, right? Uh, you know, needs that are ascribed are those where, you know, I'm the all-knowing, you know, digital business system strategist and I'm going to be able to tell you the tools that you need to accomplish your goals versus felt needs which is my audience is coming to me going, seriously, Marisa, I have got to get this scheduling system down, help. Mm, yeah. Right? And so you've got to be really careful in that you're not ascribing needs, but instead you're listening and providing what your audience needs. There's a quote out there somewhere, and I cannot remember off the top of my head who said it, but it's, it goes something like, um, sell your audience what they want and then give them what you know they need. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's right. And, and it totally works. So instead of creating, you know, the, spending time and energy and, and, and money, really, because time is money in our, in our world today, instead of spending all this time and energy and money developing an online course, stop for a moment, pre-sell an idea, see whether or not the market is willing to buy it, and then allow yourself four to six weeks before you open up the course, build in, you know, build your Facebook group, get your people inside that group and start asking questions so that you know when you build out this course, it's exactly what they need. Yeah, you were the second or third person to tell me that, which I had never considered that. So I launched my first course in January and I spent all this time creating the content mm -hmm. and I did have people join it but I made the mistake because I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing or I wish I wasn't confident in the idea yeah. so I let people beta test it and pay whatever they wanted which was stupid so stupid <laughs> we, we all do that <laughs> um and so I had 25 people and in the end they were like oh my gosh this is amazing I would have paid a thousand dollars for this and I was like well crap here's your bill <laughs> yeah so now I know people loved it and now I'm going to relaunch it with that energy of, oh, it's great information, but I just, and I believe in it now, but I wish I could go back in time and, you know, see that now. Yeah. But I never knew that, I never thought about pre-selling it and pre-teasing it and then writing it. That would have definitely given me a lot more confidence. Yeah, and a lot of people, a lot of the gurus that I follow in the field, that's how they do it. They will not put something out there. Like they will, they will begin by creating just a simple landing page that talks about what's to come and drive traffic to it to see if it even works. 
if people start opting in wanting to learn more, that tells you, and for no, you know, nothing in return, just opting in because they want to learn more, that's step one. And then you invite those people into a Facebook group and you continue the conversation inside that Facebook group about said topic. And through continuing that conversation, you learn what they really want to know about said topic, right? And then release it, you drip it out. So maybe you only do, maybe when you, when, whenever the launch date happens, you only release module one and two because that's all you've created so far. And it's really important that you take it and it's kind of scary to do this, but it's really important that you do it this way because you may develop, you know, modules one through five and three and five are useless to the audience mm, yeah. because you had not taken the time to do your homework about what your audience needs. Don't forget that they have felt needs that have to be met. And this is not about you. This is about them. And if you do not meet those felt needs, guess what's going to happen? Mm, what? You're going to go somewhere else because they have yeah. that need and it has to be met. So if you can invite them into your group and you can say, okay, what are you looking for? And you have to, you have to spend a little bit of time doing your homework on this. Nobody gets to get out of life free card, right? <laughs> you, have to, you have to take a few moments and go and do your keyword research and figure out how people are searching for the thing that you're, you know, considering offering so that you can ask the questions in the terminology that your audience is using, because you can't just say, Hey, do you have a prospect engagement system? Oh. You know? <laughs> They're going to be like, wait, what are we talking about here? <laughs> you know, you have to ask it like they're going to ask it. You know, how do I, how do I, you know, generate leads for my business? How do I pull people in? How do I, you know, develop these advocates for my company? You know, what are some of the ways in which I can do this? You have to utilize the search terms that they're using when they're looking for the content. Yeah, that's great. I, I'm furiously writing down notes because that's all like brilliant stuff, people. You take notes because, yeah, that's great. Yeah, and, and it's backwards, right? It's not the way that you would normally think about it because what do, we, what do we say to entrepreneurs? We say, what's your zone of genius? You could teach on this and this and this and this. Well, the reality is, is you very well might be able to teach on all of those things. But the question remains, what does your audience want and need, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I started developing this, um, this webinar called uh, the Custom Customer Journey Secrets is what it's called. And that came out of working with clients who had their entire email system mapped out. They had their customer journey mapped out. Like they had every, they were doing everything right according to the gurus that are out here in the, in the space saying, here's what you're supposed to do. But no matter what, they weren't getting the conversions. And I, you know, it, it was one of those things that just baffled me. And I'm like, something else is going on here. And so I stick my PhD hat on and I start diving in, right? And I learned so much more about the customer journey through this process of taking a moment to listen to what was happening with these clients and finding a solution to their problem. So by flipping the switch and doing it, doing it the other way around, you're going to be so much more successful and your time is going to be so much better spent so that you can then step up and become that CEO and stop playing around in the weeds all the time. Yeah. Wow. 
Awesome, awesome stuff. So what has been your biggest challenge as a business owner and as the CEO of your brand? Um, well, there's always a, you know, there's always a bazillion challenges, right? I don't, <laughs> I don't know that there's a biggest one. I think we all struggle with, you know, these moments of imposter syndrome of, oh my gosh, can I really take on this big thing? You know, that, you know, obviously you were one of my speakers on my summit and, um, I can remember when that was just an idea in the back of my mind and, you know, trying to figure out, okay, how can I take this from, you know, thought to product, right? And so it's always, it's always a struggle to, to figure out how you're going to accomplish something until you actually do it. But a couple of things that I've learned along the way that I would like to share with the audience, um, my number one tip probably ever is find ways to collaborate with other women in the, in the space that you're in. Amen. Do not, do not be so concerned about whether or not you guys are going to be in competition with one another because there really is no such thing in our world. We live in a world of abundance. You know, I was listening to um, one of the people that I follow on, on dealing with this idea of abundance the other day. And she said, you can any, everywhere you look in our world, you know, it, it's, it's just, a constant reminder that there's so much abundance. It's not even funny. The minute you look at a tree, right? And all the leaves are on the tree. You can see all the abundance on that tree and it's one tree. Multiply that by thousands and hundreds of thousands of trees, right? Look around you at the, you know, the, the grass on the ground or the flowers on the, on the bushes or whatever it is. Abundance is everywhere. So understanding that by sharing in that abundance with others, you are going to create even more abundance, right? So finding ways in which to collaborate with other women, I can't even tell you how many times I have found opportunities to collaborate and it's been a win-win-win. Not only are we providing more information and more of what our audience is looking for, but both of the people in the relationship who are the collaborators also win in terms of growing their email list or gaining clients or customers or, you know, catapulting themselves into a space that they did not otherwise have access to. So there are so many ways in which to collaborate with others. Stop getting all catty about this, you know, oh my gosh, that person is in competition with me. Move past that and step into your zone of genius mm -hmm. and collaborate with others to do so. Yeah, I love that. I'm all about collaboration. I love meeting other women who are as energetic and as yes. driven as I am. And yeah, I'm all about that. But how do you deal with the comparisonitis and the imposter syndrome when that pops up? What do you have any like set, you know, routines or anything like that, that helps you kind of get in the right frame of mind to deal with that? I don't know that I have any set routine, but what I do know is that, you know, if you just look at, so let's just compare the two of us for a moment, right? You know, we both love systems. We're both all about systems, but I would venture to say that the way that I approach clients and teaching and, and, you know, and implementing systems is very different than the way you approach clients mm, yeah. and implementing systems, right? And we have to understand that those differences make a difference for our clients. I, I have this saying that I share with, um, with some of my clients that your ideal client that you are going after today is really the you of yesteryear, the person that you used to be 
who struggled with whatever it was you were struggling with and found a solution to the problem. And now you can help others also find that solution, right? Wouldn't yeah. you say that that's part of why you got into what you're doing? Yeah, definitely. Right. And so your path is very different than mine. And by owning my own path and not worrying so much about your path, I'm standing in my own zone of genius, right? Mm -hmm. Because this isn't about, oh my gosh, I've got to be over here all up in Melody's path. <laughs> you have your own stuff going on. Would I, would I absolutely do everything I can to support you in your path and the journey that you're on? Yes, most definitely. But I also have to understand that there is, a, there is a, an importance to me standing in my own zone of genius and maintaining that zone of genius as I move forward because there's an obligation on my part to deliver what my clients are looking for and what they're needing. Mm, yeah. And I have this philosophy that if I can't deliver that, I make no bones about it. I'm going to, I'm going to point my client in the direction of somebody that can, because my ultimate goal is to get the answer or the solution for my client. Right. I, my ultimate goal is to empower them. And if I don't have a product developed that'll do it, but you do, I'm going to send them to you. If I don't have the same, you know, if I'm not getting the same result you're getting or I'm getting something a little bit different and it's not necessarily what my client is looking for, but what you're getting is what my client is looking for, then it's important to me to turn them that direction. Because again, you know, it goes back to this idea that we live in this world of abundance, right? Yeah. Let's move away from this idea of scarcity. Every single time you feel jealous of somebody else or you feel, you know, not that, not that these feelings aren't, aren't valid. They're feelings, they're real. But check yourself. Are you feeling those things because of something that's truly happened in your world? Or are you feeling those things simply because they're normal human emotions that we feel, yeah. right? And when you look at it across the board, chances are you're feeling that because it's a normal human emotion that you're, that you're going to feel. And now it is your responsibility to take on that emotion and check it and realize and recognize that you bring a lot of value to the table. You bring a lot of value to your clients every single day. And they recognize that. They recognize that when they reach out to you and they ask you questions. They recognize that when they post about you in the social spaces. They recognize that. Every single time they praise you for something you've delivered, a course or a system or whatever it is that you've delivered to them, right? All of us have those opportunities. And if you're starting out and you haven't had that opportunity to get that social proof, then go offer somebody something for free. Mm -hmm. Offer somebody something in a barter situation. Offer somebody your services and give yourself the opportunity to stand in your zone of genius. Because until you can do that and you can own that, you're going to struggle with all of the ways in which somebody else might be doing something better. But I guarantee you, when you look across the board and you look out there at all the female entrepreneurs that you are surrounded by, they're all struggling with the same things. Mm, yeah. We're all female entrepreneurs in this world who are working toward our goals and nobody gets a get out of life free card. <laughs> We're all struggling with the same things. We're all struggling with imposter syndrome. I, I'm probably the world's worst when it comes to Facebook ads because there's a mental block. I just don't <laughs> want to do them, you know? <laughs> I know, I know, I know someone who could help with that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so there's always something that is going to get in your way and you just have to own it 
and step forward. And the minute that you own it and step forward, as scary and, and, you know, and, and uncertain as it might be, the moment you do it, you look back and go, wow, that wasn't all that bad. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah, that's some powerful stuff right there. Yeah. <laughs> so if you had a piece of advice to give one of the women listening to this podcast, what would it be? Begin with income generating activities. Ooh. Do not spend your time and energy on your branding, on your website, on your, on your, you know, logo, on all of that mess. Begin with income generating activities. What can you offer a client right now that they will pay for? Hmm. Get started there first, right? And one of the easiest and fast track ways to accomplish that is to start jumping on Facebook Lives for your audience. Offer the value that you know you can offer to them. Get the feedback that you need in order to move forward with them and solve their problems and begin those income generating activities first. All the other stuff will fall into place. And I cannot even tell you how many women I've worked with who've started out with a website and a logo and a tagline and all of this stuff. They get their branding all down and they spend all this capital on all of that only to get into what they love to do and realize that it wasn't really what they love to do and they switch gears. Mm -hmm. And guess what happens when they switch gears? <laughs> they start all over. All of that has to be redesigned, right? So begin with income generating activities. Avoid the, you know, everybody will tell you, and I think the, I think the branding gurus out here, as much as I love all of you, they've done us a disservice by saying you have to brand yourself first. No, you don't. Yeah. You simply have to show up and offer your clients value. That's where you have to begin. And the moment that you do that and you start bringing money in, because honestly, you're not a business until you're making money, right? Mm -hmm. Until you're making money, you know, you're a hobby. And, and that's fine. We all begin at the beginning, right? You know, you have to learn to, to crawl before you can learn to walk, before you can learn to run. And that's, and that's perfectly fine. But understand to, that spending your time on those income generating activities up front is going to take you so much further than spending all your time on branding or logos or websites or any of that other, of those other things. And then the other thing that I would say is as you're building those income generating activities, get your processes and your systems down. Because as you scale, you're gonna need those under control or you're gonna be backtracking and running around putting out fires. And Melody and I both know that is not a fun place to be. <laughs> uh, it's funny though, that of those two things you, su you suggested, I definitely did the first one, not even like needing to, I just, didn't build a website for three years and didn't have a logo for three years, didn't have a good headshot, like didn't have any of that yeah. because I just was doing what I was doing. Um, and this is when I was doing social media management right. and everything else under the sun, but I never put systems in place until way later, which was bad. Yeah. Was bad. And, and systems can be simple, right? You know, we're not talking about, oh my gosh, you've got to buy the best platform out there. You've got to, you know, systems can be really, really simple. They can start with, here's my onboarding system. My client, you know, contacts me. I send them a questionnaire. I send them, you know, a, you know, we set up a discovery call and I send them a contract. Boom, four steps, right? So try to break it down and make it simple in the beginning 
because what's going to happen is as you get more and more clients and you continue doing these, you know, income generating activities that we're telling you to do first, right? Those systems will evolve and you'll add more and more steps to those systems, but at least put something in place. And if you're not quite sure how something is going to go, start documenting the way that you think it's going to go, try it out. And if that doesn't work, tweak it. And I know a lot of my clients will check in with their systems on a monthly, quarterly, yearly basis so that they can make sure because systems are timely. Sometimes you start out with a system over here and then by the time you get six months down the road, you're either no longer using it or it's completely morphed into something very different. Mm -hmm. So understanding that, that checking in with your systems is important over time as well. But you will get to the point in your business where you want to bring somebody else in. You want to hire a VA or perhaps a personal assistant. And by having these processes documented, it's really easy to hand that task off to somebody else and understand and know because you've already done it and you designed the system, whether or not it's being done correctly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great stuff for sure. That's my advice. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic advice. So if anybody wants to get in touch with you to work with you, how can they do that? Oh, well, certainly hit me up in the Systems Lounge on Facebook. I would love to have you guys over there um, joining that group. And I do a lot of work with ClickFunnels as well. So I run the um, Funnel Hacking Queens group, which is a group of amazing female entrepreneurs all working to build funnels and build their businesses. And so that's a fantastic opportunity. You can also check me out at the bizsystemsummit.com. That is where I run the, um, the premier international women's business systems virtual summit. And we talk all about the systems that women across the globe are using to get things done. And I think one of the most interesting things that I've learned in um, organizing that summit is it doesn't really matter where you live. Um, this is an international summit, so we have women from all over the world. We're all dealing with the same things inside our business. So yeah. definitely reach out to me if you have questions about anything or you're struggling with a system and you just don't know how to even begin, certainly reach out to me. Um, Melody knows I am, I am open to scheduling coffee chats with any and all of you, so definitely reach out to me. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. It's been so, so fun to pick your brain and kind of hear about what your journey has been like. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And I cannot wait to, uh, to, to subscribe to your podcast here and start listening in on some of the amazing women you're interviewing. Yeah. We've had incredible stories. So yeah. Yeah, thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me for the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. To learn more about me, Melody Spencer, and the show, please visit swiftlysocial.com.